0: I'm Paul Weegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts. Joining me by phone today is artist A.T. Moffett and three-time Iraqi war veteran, Charity Winters, here to talk with us today about a really exciting project they've been working on, Reentry, a Performance Tribute to Veterans. Welcome, A.T. and Charity. Really glad to have you join us. Uh, A.T., if you could get us started on a, a description about this project that you've been working on.
1: I'm directing a a multidisciplinary um, arts-based research project and production called Reentry, a performance tribute to veterans. And we're doing it to celebrate Veterans Day of 2017. Uh, Reentry is created and performed by an incredible cast of artists and veterans and highlights the experiences of four different veterans through their own works of art. Um, So the show blends dance, music, poetry, Essays and oral history from veterans, veterans and their families.
0: Now, what what was your impetus for this? What was your inspiration? How did you come up with this idea?
1: Well, um, I, I, this is the Delaware Division of the Arts supported project, and when I found out about receiving the fellowship, I was in the I was in the wrap up period of a two year um, project um, out of the, out of the University of Delaware where we were studying the – we were studying racial oppression in both the U.S. and South Africa. And we – so it was – we were actually one week out from traveling to South Africa when I got this news. So um, I was in the midst of this very meaningful uh, project, and I had 15 hours on the airplane to talk with my colleagues about it. And so I just – this is an – this was the backdrop, working on um, Same Stories, Different Countries was the backdrop for me when I received the news. So my early ideas of what to do with the fellowship was very much shaped by um, this prior work and also insights and encouragement from my colleagues on that project. So around the same time, my mom, I'm, from, I'm originally from Kentucky, and my mom had told me about an interesting program in my home state called Dancing Wells. Um, a soldier project, and it, this project uses social dance as a way to support veterans and their families during the re- re-entry process. So this was really interesting to me as well, and um, connected with my curiosity about veterans experience and reentry. So the fellowship really gave me the opportunity to um, try out skills that I gained in same story different countries, but within a new frame.
0: And uh, Charity, uh, h- how did you get involved in this project?
2: Um, I uh, I write about veterans' issues uh, in various formats. I'm a poet. I do essays. I've written fiction and nonfiction um, for over a decade regarding uh, my peer group as veterans and other generations of veterans. And AT uh, was given one of my essays that I wrote about contemporary issues facing veterans today, particularly the civilian-military cultural gap that we're facing um, as fewer and fewer people serve. And uh, AT
0: read the essay,
2: and she was intrigued by what I had to say. And so that led us to having some lunch and some talks about um, our concerns about the culture gap between veterans, the military, and the civilian population, and how can we use arts to bridge that. So I got brought into the project.
0: Now, as a, as a writer, um, I, I'm, I'm curious, has your focus been primarily on veterans' issues and 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 uh, service in the military and and the issues that veterans face coming home?
2: Um, I have written about that. I've written about my specifically my Iraq War experiences. I've written about what veterans kind of face coming home from my own perspective as one, getting out of the service and going to graduate school and starting a new life. Um, I've written about some of the historical perspectives on veterans. Um, so I. I am, over Over the years, have
0: gotten into pockets of all of it, but mostly contemporary. Now, A.T., back to you. I, I know, uh, having attended a workshop that you led uh, a week ago at the Delaware Art Museum where you convened civilians and veterans, uh, there was an opportunity to hear from uh, a couple different people and the work that they do with veterans. I was most intrigued by... Uh, the one person who spoke who is, I believe, like a counselor or a chaplain of some kind. And he talked about the issues uh, facing veterans. You know, we hear a lot about PTSD. Um, could you speak to what he talked about? And, and Charity, please feel, uh, feel free to chime in about the role that the arts can play in helping veterans ad- address issues that they sort of bring home with them, if you will.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, um, the gentleman that you're referring to is um um David, and he is a um, Vietnam veteran who also is the director of the Interfaith Veterans Work Group, and he um, contacted me about when when you got when he when he learned about the workshop and. Um, when I got his email, I said, hey, you know, yes, can't wait to meet you. And um, would you like to be involved? Would you share about the ministry that you're doing? Um, so he has one of his, con- another connection with Tom Davis and the production is Flynn's is, um, poet laureate, um, Al Mills. So they work together on a veteran's writing group. And um, Al Mills's poem called How Ironic, Spoken Word Poem, will be a part of the production as well. So in the context of the workshop on Saturday, Tom really laid the, um, laid the backdrop for us to begin our, our workshop, which focused on music and music from the different eras of conflict in our country. So before getting to that point, Tom introduced us to the language of PTS. One of the things I've learned in this, um, from Tom and from this project um, that, that Tom taught us last week was that um, he uses the term PTS rather than PTSD. Because um, he says you know, PTSD is a um, a normal reaction to an extreme um, scenario. So, I, so that's just one of the examples of what he shared with us. He also unpacked the language of moral injury, and and folks have um, having to make decisions that are outside of their um, moral framework. And so he shared with us um, from his perspective and also from his research um, on these issues. So, um, so that we, uh, um, the other participants
0: who are, have been on the home front and have um, a deeper understanding of this content. Could you speak to you? You, you just you just mentioned research. Uh, could you speak to uh, the kinds of research you have done to put this this work together?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, one of the. One of the core tenets of this um, project has been um, oral history. I direct a dance program at Washington College, and also at Washington College is the Star Center for the Study of American Experience. and They have a veteran's oral history program, and I have um, a wonderful student, Rachel Treglia, who was an intern with this oral history program, and she connected me with colleagues um, with Star Center colleague Michael Buckley, who is an oral historian. So much of the, um, the background research has been through oral histories with veterans, with their families, and then also engaging through an, what we call narrative inquiry, which is a quali- like more of a qualitative method through works of art created by veterans. And that's where um, this connection and partnership with charity We are featuring her poems and essays in the work, but also the the conversation and the dialogue between the two of us. Charity has really informed and shaped the entire production, and I think she's got a word to say um,
2: too about about. I'm just going to throw it to throw the ball to her momentarily. Right. Yeah, Paul. Hi. Uh, Right now, in terms of you were discussing research, but even just the current, it's a current issue right now Mm -hmm. dealing with. civilian military culture gap. Even this week in the news, um, these discussions keep coming up and regarding the effects of a volunteer military service and how we use that. Um, In America, we have approximately 22 million living veterans, approximately 2 million are women. And they're continuing, first of all, care for that population after they leave the service, but also who we are going to have coming into the military service and how are they going to be, how are they going to serve and how the military is going to be used is a current pressing issue, and a part of what I had hoped to get out of you in this discussion with AT and the performance is to inspire the interest in public discourse regarding our veterans and our current military, not just at the electoral level of those that we send to Congress or to, to government, but what's happening in our neighborhoods and our communities, to have neighbors talking about what's happening with the National Guard, where, where are our young people um, being sent to? Because our most valuable resource truly, I mean, I believe, is our young folk in America. And so making this discussion public, getting people interested again, and not having it a distance, far away thing, but something that's happening. The home front is here. It's happening, and these issues are current. And um, they're going to have long-term effects on the American uh, landscape.
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting you bring that up. The, the The question that pops into my head related to the research that you've done, because I know the program goes all the way back to World War II and comes to the present day. Uh, in the research, what kind of dynamics have you discovered or had affirmed for you in the, so the different perspective that the general American populace has for Veterans from the various wars.
2: Okay, well, I mean, I can give you kind of even my perspective. I mean, I think, without getting into mythology or how we kind of generalize each generation of wars, right? And we do, you know, we have the Lost Generation, we have the Greatest Generation, we have the Korean War, the Forgotten, um, the Vietnam War. So they all kind of do come with their own generational, um, better word, baggage. Yeah. of how the population then views it, how we um, even isolate that, for better or worse, in our mind, which then does only increase the gap. It's something that other people did, not necessarily an experience that was shared mm-hmm. by the majority of Americans. So even when I came home, I left the service in 2009. I'm a 2003 Air Force Academy graduate, and I was a military, the, version, the Air Force version of the military police officer. And when I got out of served in 2009, coming in even to just the American higher education system to go to grad school, uh, none of my professors had served. And uh, none of my classmates in a uh, clinical doctor- doctoral program had served. And in many ways, I sometimes thought they might have seen me either kind of like Forrest Gump, which was you know kind of a, like a lovable idiot who just decided to go on a bizarre camping trip. Or worse, they thought it might have been something on a full metal jacket. Um, so they had these very sort of possibly extreme views on what a veteran is. And of course, you know, and not only that, but I was wo- I'm a woman. So I think the public idea of what a veteran is is greatly shaped by um, images from movies, um, images from the television, uh, and that shapes then public discourse on the issue.
0: Interesting. Well, I, I want to continue our discussion, but first, uh, remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests joining us by phone today are artist A.T. Moffat and uh, three-time Iraqi War veteran and literary artist Charity Winters, uh, talking about an upcoming program, re-entry, a performance tribute to veterans. Uh, Before we run out of time, we've got plenty of time left, but uh, A.T., I want to give you a a chance to uh, promote the event, uh, when and where it's going to be.
1: Thank you. Um, um, The production will be held on Friday, November 10th at seven o'clock at the Baby Grand in Wilmington on Market Street. Um, The event is free and open to the public. We also are showing excerpts of the work um, at Washington College down in Chestertown, Maryland, on Veterans Day, Saturday, November 11th, at 7 o'clock at Gibson Center for the Arts, also free, No nope, to the public.
0: Great, thanks so much. We've been talking about sort of the background to this. I'm curious uh, where or how, uh, AT and, and Charity, how you identified uh, the the specific resources you're using in this program, uh, as well as the performers, the individuals that are uh, contributing content and the the individuals who are presenting that content.
1: Absolutely. The link to the content was really most strong with the um, Star Center for the Study of American Experience at Washington College and my colleague, Michael Buckley, who has been so generous in. um in, in, even in inviting us to go to the Library of Congress's Veterans Oral History Program and making some of the resources available through, um,
0: through the History
1: Department at Washington College available to, to me and to my um, dance and theater students. So um, this, the genesis of the project was um, a, set, a series of letters, four years' worth of letters between Edward and Sophie Milan. Edward served in World War II in the Air Force. And um, the archive, uh, the oral history archive, has, like I said, four years of letters, um, photos, a uh, wedding cake topper, and at uh, and the and his military trunk.
0: So the that was really
1: the genesis of it, I, where I thought, you know, I think that we can isolate portions of this letter, of these letters, and you know, build a narrative that encompassed both, you know, the tender exchanges between um, this couple as well as noting um, the events, you know, historical events of the war itself. From there, um, I met Charity. So, um, and that, so that brought us in contem- into contemporary time, and as I've said, her work has shaped um, not only the, the section where we are highlighting um, her creative writing, but has really shaped the arc of the whole. Something that she shared with me early on that has been pivotal is that we need to highlight Um, the light and the dark that you know life is life is full and we want to um, highlight um, as much of that spectrum as possible.
0: Could could you speak to some of the individuals uh, who have been and organizations who have been involved in the creative process of this piece? I mean I, I learned from the workshop last week that it's it's not just the two of you. You've you've engaged other performing artists uh, and literary artists in the the actual development of this program.
1: Absolutely, I mean the list of collaborators is is epic. I've been overwhelmed by the arts, the arts community, the Wilmington and Delaware arts community, and how interested and invested they are in um, creating collaborative work and in this topic, specifically. So some of those artists are um, Ashley S. K. Davis. And her um, incredible modern dance company, Pieces of a Dream Incorporated. They are based in Wilmington. Kimberly Schroeder, who's the directs the dance program at the University of Delaware, and her company, Ignite um, Dancing Artists, excellent. Um, Marielle Kraft is a UD alumni, and she helped create the educational materials. Um, Al Mills, twin um, tw- of the Twin Poets, the poet laureate of Delaware, is has contributed um, a. Spoken word poem called "How Ironic." We have Dr. Sherry Goodill. I know her as a dancer, friend, but she is also the dance movement therapist and chair of Drexel's Department of Creative Arts Therapy. So she is a performer who has worked at the national level in dance movement therapy, bringing the creative arts therapies to veterans and their families. Um, let's see. Another um, big, big contributor is um, Christina Cultural Arts Center. Miss um, Ray Jones Avery has um, put me in contact with Khalil Munir, who is a tap dancer based in Philadelphia, and is actually supporting Christina Seneca Cultural Center is supporting his involvement in the project. And he is our tap dancer who is involved in the portion of the show that um, features the Roy Boots Battle, um, jazz musician and Tuskegee Airman. So, um, and there are also many folks who have. Um, just generously spoken with me about their experience serving. India Cologne, who served in the U.S. Air Force and is the director of NUESRUS Races Delaware. Um, from, from, my, from my hometown, Leon Carter, World War II vet slash swing dancer. I mean, I, I basically talk to, talk to everyone I know who, is, who can connect and start and and the military. And one last person I don't want to leave out, Peter Anthony, who's the music teacher and Percussion Ensemble at Palmer Elementary. He is um, bringing his students to perform, um, his drumline students to perform. So it's a, it's a
0: long list. That's that's great. I We have a few minutes left here, so I'm, I'm curious uh, to hear from both of you on what you have learned uh, from this project. Um, A.T.?
1: Well, I think starting this project, I was really interested in, reentry and that aspect of it because I felt like art have and myself as a civilian, art was my inroad, my buy into the my my way of, of stepping into this issue. But I saw I saw veterans and artists as separate entities. But through working on this project I have realized that there are there's a there's a category I wasn't aware of and that's veteran artists. Many veterans are engaged in creative arts practices, both professionally and um, just for their own enrichment. So I think that is something that I've really learned. I've also learned about our about the history that you, you mentioned earlier about the differences in the home front from different eras. And I think when I when I started the project, I thought, you know, well, World War II it was United Home Front. There were war, there were efforts to support the war. Then things went really awry in, in Vietnam. And now it seems you know more ambiguous along you know political lines. But I, I've just learned so much nuance to to that trajectory. For example, you know the Tuskegee Airman and and you know being you know, serving and yet not being supported in the way that um, other soldiers were. So I just I've learned some of the nuances and uh, and more complete look at the history
0: okay of, uh, I don't want to cut you off but I want to give charity a, a minute here go ahead charity what have you learned
2: what have I learned it's um, I think a lot of the one I think a lot of veterans possibly when they're getting out they have a, a sense of profound isolation even if they if they're from military families but with working with AT and working with what has inspired me is not only their interest, but their absolute drive to come to a better understanding of the subject matter that we're covering, and that it isn't isolating. Um, veterans bring so much to our communities, and there's so much that they can do, and that our communities need us to do. And engaging here at the university with AT and the students, again, um, just has, for me, re-energized, uh, one, my, my drive to continue doing that and reaching out and working on this cultural gap that we kind of see around us, but also believing in our communities, and that we aren't isolated. That it, that it's that we can come together on this, and it does. It has to happen at home. It happens next door. It happens down the street. It happens in schools like this, and it's it's been inspiring, and it's it's been a bit of a homecoming.
0: Well, I'm really glad to hear this uh, from you, Charity. Again, just to remind our listeners, uh, re-entry, a performance tribute to veterans on November 10th at 7 p.m. at the Baby Grand. Thanks so much, both of you, for joining us.